hello. Welcome to episode 12 of the One Life Church podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church and things that we think can relate to you and your one and only life. And our goal is just to create or continue a conversation. And today, um, actually, our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson, is on vacation. So he's getting a little break, which is great for him. We're, we're happy for him to get that. Um, but today joining me, I have uh, two of our campus pastors. And to my right is Ryan Nunn. He's campus pastor of our Henderson campus. Hey, everybody. It's great to be back. And this is your fifth time on the podcast. Fifth time. Yeah. He's uh, he's basically, you know, just a constant here every so often. I kind of feel like the favorite or one of the favorites. Just throwing that out there. Don't tell anybody. And then um, to his right is Matt Breivogel. And Matt is a campus pastor for our West Campus and also our creative arts director. So everything that you see coming out of One Life creatively um, goes through Matt. That's pretty good. Thanks. Yeah. This is your third time on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. My podcasts, the ones, the YouTube ones, are the least viewed, so <laughs> I have low hopes for this one. Yeah, so if you guys are just listening, <laughs> just hop on YouTube, give Matt a couple more plays. Please, so you, it make me feel yeah, better about myself. About myself. Um, but, uh, so it'll be fun today, we got basically get to talk about um, a topic that Brett taught on um, this past weekend, um, but he's not here, so we can say whatever we want, so it should be pretty That's fun. That's right. No, but Brett did teach on the tabernacle, and we're going through a series called Shadows. And Shadows, um, the whole point of this series is um, kind of Jesus before the manger, this idea of seeing Jesus all throughout the Old Testament as being always the plan and the purpose um, that we see happen um, at the beginning of the New Testament. And so um, it's been really fun. I really enjoy this this um, the series and, and kind of looking at, for me, I always say stories. I don't mean them as stories of like things that weren't real, but like stories that I heard a lot growing up but now kind of seeing them in a different way or thinking of them more as um, a shadow of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like each week has kind of built on the previous building this, you know, big story and adding to the beauty for me anyways, of the Bible and how it's all tied together. And I don't know, I've loved it. Which is one of the game changers kind of for me in, <clears throat> in my walk with the Lord, like even growing up in church when I was in my early 20s and some of these stories, as Sarah was saying, just started to make sense. And I see the connections to the New Testament and Jesus. And, and it was just a, it was a game changer uh, for me and my faith. It's mm. cool. I'm loving it. When, when, with, when was that? Uh, I was probably 23 years old. Okay. So 2005-ish. Was there, so was that a point for you um, like where you kind of started reading the Bible differently? Yes, uh, very much so. So I uh, was raised in church, took a period of three or four years, kind of walked away from the faith in a sense, uh, just kind of adopted some agnosticism of some sort. And I didn't really know what to believe or, you know, I didn't know. And then um, started hearing some of these messages that my sister would send to me. <laughs> and these pastors were talking about, Things like joy and suffering and, and the purpose in the middle of pain, you know, things like that, um, that really, I mean, just, I don't know, it just changed everything for me. And so then we would hear, you know, stories about David and Goliath, which we were talking about earlier. And you hear how my whole life, you kind of get this picture painted that I'm David and Goliath is mm. my problems. Um, when you look at it with, through the proper lens, now it's more a little bit, it's just different. And so it connects more toward you know, David kind of represents Jesus and, and Goliath represents, represents sin and death. And, uh, and so when I started seeing some of that, those kinds of connections, man, it just changed, it changed everything for me. Why do you think that, um, either one of you guys, why do you think that so often we have been taught that way? Kind of what you said about David and Goliath the first way, like what, why do you think, do you think that just happens like organically people just put that together? Or do you think that we've been taught that and I don't know, is that just different now? 
Yeah, there's different philosophies on preaching and teaching, and there's biblical exegesis, you know, and then there's kind of like where people will do that, but they'll do it on a more topical. And they just, I think sometimes you're trying to get so practical that you just want people to relate it to their life. And you'll take a story and you'll find these just relatable metaphors that just are kind of nice, how to live a good quote unquote Christian life. And you make it that, and sometimes you can deprive it of the greater story arc of the Bible and what it's really trying to say. And I think that's what you were kind of saying. Yeah. Well, I think it's easier. Like I heard one pastor one time say, um, he said, if I'm, if I'm David and Goliath is my sin, what happens if I chuck all three stones and miss? Like what happens if none of them hit? Like then what? And so that it was really kind of an opening moment. Uh, uh, I know for me, and we've talked about it at, at length, mm-hmm. um, you know, over the years, but, um, just really calls me, you, help, and, you help, and Matt, me and Matt, if yeah, you're not me, listening, he's pointing yeah. to Matt. Yeah. Matt and I, I've talked about that a lot, but, um, I mean, just little things like that. And even the tab, the tabernacle, uh, looking at that story, you know, I, even Brett, the way he talked about it, ordering it from the entrance to the kind of the Holy of Holies, uh, place in the, in the center at the end, I had never really thought about it like that either. Uh, so that was super helpful. Right. And so, you know, we have looking back at scripture being finished written and, and we have Jesus in the new Testament, you know, it's saying I am the fulfillment of these things. And ultimately they testify about me. And so we have to read the old Testament through that lens or else we're doing it wrong. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll, we'll mess that up. And, you know, and before Jesus, they may, they weren't able to do that the yeah. same way, but he's kind of given us a new way to look through those things. Um, and before we get too far down the road, you used the word exegesis. Oh yeah. Can you tell me what that means? And also spell mm-hmm. it. Oh yeah. E X E Jesus. Close enough. Anyway, can you give me a little definition for it? Yeah. Exegesis is, um, a way of interpreting and understanding the Bible by f- bringing the meaning out of the text rather than putting your meaning onto the text, which would be called eisegesis, mm. um, which is easy to do. It's like you so find easy. a verse and there's a lot of famous verses out there. Um, like I can do all things through God who strengthens me. It's a beautiful, powerful, helpful verse. Through Christ. But, yeah, through Christ who strengthens me. See, I don't even know it. <laughs> Philippians 4.13. But, do you read the Bible? Oh, I'm just kidding. Every once in a while. But you'll see it on a t-shirt with like football. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I don't know if that's Paul's getting to. Because if you read the whole chapter, it's super deep about, you know, through suffering and through things going well, he can follow Christ and, you know, be fulfilled in life no matter what. It's not about scoring touchdowns. Well, and it's so, also not about, you know, not using that verse to fuel your, to fuel you in a mm-hmm. sense. So I think there, there, there's a level of application there in a sense, but touchdowns is not what the scripture's teaching us with that verse. Sure. Is we, the point. You yeah. Know? You're using it for your own personal, right. To make me feel good about myself, not necessarily to draw closer to Jesus through a suffering time in life or something like that. Right. And to glorify him. Mm. That's good. Um, and so as we talk about the tabernacle, Ryan, you kind of mentioned how Brett taught it, which I thought it did a great job as well, um, especially 
So we do do a backup recording. We've talked about this before on the podcast um, on Thursdays. And then um, whoever the teacher is kind of has a couple days then to either make some updates or changes based upon um, feedback from our team who's here recording, which honestly is got to be really weird for anyone who's teaching <laughs> to get that feedback like right afterwards. <laughs> and they're like, OK, cool. Thanks. I'm a terrible person. But no, like it's it's I think it's beneficial. And I think he did a great job of, of um, making a few tweaks to make it even a little more like flow really well. Um, and but but kind of talking about going from the outside um, in, um, there were these different um, stands, I guess is what he called them, like different parts that kind of stands out, like the sacrifice altar, the wash basin, the bread table, the lampstand, and the altar of incense. Um, and he kind of went through each one of those and talked about how they point to um, Jesus. And I thought that was really interesting because some of them like make a little more sense to me, mm-hmm. uh, but there were some that I did not see um, right away. What about you guys? Any of those that really stood out? Yeah, there was something I, I read in a commentary that was beautiful uh, to me personally about the altar, the sacrificial altar, and that the fire in that is burning at all times. And, you know, the commentator was making uh, the reference there that this is the reality that is true throughout the entire Bible, that at any time God wants us to come to him, no matter what we're going through with because that's where they, you know, burnt the sin offering, the things that keep us away from God. Well, his presence is open to us to go there and bring our sin to him at any time of any day of night. There's not some special time where you can only go to God once you do these things. It was like, come whenever, bring it. He wants you to do that. So I thought that was kind of a cool way to think about that. There's a lot of songs about the altar. I mean, like it seems like a lot of worship songs, I mean, I know Come to the Altar is is um, pretty popular right now. How's it I'm go, sure. Ryan? but but i mean what you just said i mean basically is that a whole idea you know like uh come to the altar you know his arms are open wide type thing like you're saying like bring it like forgiveness um is there and so it's i don't know it's just so interesting to think of those um being written so long ago and then seeing the exact thing of that happen um Mm -hmm. in such a beautiful picture and um in the life and death and resurrection of jesus so um yeah i love the I, i love the concept that one, like it was God's schematic as his design, his idea. And then he puts that offering first. Um, because, you know, especially, and I'm kind of a little bit more small town in America than, than you guys are from. And I live close to here, but still a little bit more small town than, than here. But you, you kind of, you know, get the, the, this idea that, you know, okay, I'm going to go, I'll come to church, but I need to get some stuff straightened out first, right? So I really loved, and Brett pointed this out Sunday, about how it's just a good um, affirmation that it's not about you and your behaviors. Uh, you know, you bring that stuff here, as Matt was saying, anytime. And then once you lay that down and lay that down to God, then the uh, the change happens. That's when the the cleansing starts to, to happen and change. And so that was a really, really encouraging point. Nothing necessarily groundbreaking, but just a good affirmation that thousands of years ago, you know, that it still reigns true. Um, Matt just dropped his phone. Yeah, just totally did. I was looking heard. up um, uh, what a Bible verse was because I couldn't remember which gospel is in, which, cause I'm not very good at the Bible, but no, <laughs> you, you know, the, the, you're going to pick it up. Tabern- no, I don't need it now. The okay. tabernacle, it had one entrance. And it just reminded me on Sundays, I was hearing Brett teach on it, Jesus is teaching that, you know, I am the door and you're going to come. There's one way in, you're going to go right through it. And it's like this, 
level after level thing of what Jesus does for us to make us right with God, every yeah. single piece straight through. And that's the big picture. And there's so much detail there. And I was just kind of, if you try to read through it, it's really hard to read. And <laughs> you can quickly get lost in all those little details, which are so right. cool, but they can also be very distracting. And both of you guys both kind of said this in a different way, like that, like the details you hear and you said like hearing something that maybe you've heard before, it, it reminded me of something Karen said last week, uh, Karen Kislin um, on the podcast. And she said, you know, that the Bible is so exciting because anytime you read something, it doesn't matter if you've read it before, you're not the same person when you read it again. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of that same thing as you hear something yeah. like that. You're not the same person as the first time you heard it. Um, whether it's good, bad, whatever, you're just not. And so you hear it a little bit differently each time. So it's an amazing reminder to always go back to that. And I mean, it's just, I think my mind gets blown a little bit as we go through some of these Old Testament books and I've been reading a little bit on my own and um, of things that, that we haven't studied quite yet. And even seeing those, like it's just, it's all over the place in the Old Testament. Everywhere. Always pointing um, forward, which is just really encouraging. I think for any believer, you know, that you're, if you're going through something and you see that, you're like, okay, this has always been the plan. Okay. Okay. I got that. <laughs> oh, awkward silence. This is great. <laughs> we agree. Um, we agree. Cool. 100%. Sorry. Um, so... <laughs> One of the questions that um, is in our huddle, um, well, first of all, I guess I should say that if you didn't get a chance to listen to Brett's message uh, from this past weekend, you can go on the One Life app um, and go under messages, um, or you can go to onelifechurch.org and the messages under resources there as well. You can listen, um, watch. You can also just listen. You don't have to actually watch if you want to listen in your car as well. Um, and uh, yeah, make sure you check that out. And, and it's just a really great way to can have a new conversation, kind of like what we're starting here. Um, but one of the questions that's in our huddle, and so each week, um, any group or team that meets, we uh, give them a resource called our huddle and um, our staff. And most of this came from Matt this week. Thank you, Matt. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and one of the questions in here, uh, I know we talked about wanting to go over, was the Bible spends multiple chapters describing the details of the temple. What does this teach us about God? I know. Ooh, that's a big one. It is. Because Brett just literally took 35 minutes and talk, <laughs> talked through all that stuff. Um, well, I think, one, okay, one thing, I think there's, there's lots of answers here. Um, but one thing that we haven't really touched on yet is the things that are inside the, the holy place, you know, not the most holy place, but even inside the holy place, like the table, uh, is the, the kind of the community, uh, aspect, the relational aspect of, of God. And then you had the, the, uh, uh candle, it's called a menorah, right? Is that right? Mm -hmm. All right, got it. Uh, so the, then you had the menorah that was like kind of the Holy Spirit and the Word, you know, kind of shining light. And then you had the incense. Um, they're kind of in the Bible talks, uh, kind of uh, represents prayer and worship. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting how, you know, the outside, you, you're kind of burning your sin and then you kind of wash clean. And then the kind of the next step in the journey is this, this kind of surrounding yourself with, um, you know, godly people, godly relationships, um, scripture and prayer and worship. I mean, that was like, it just really, um, I don't know. It makes me feel and, and reaffirms, I guess, that, that God has our best interest in mind and he knows what's best for us. And it, it talks about the community piece, how, you know, we just don't really thrive alone. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then we, the light, you know, when you're talking about reading scripture, um, you know, it, it just tends to illuminate things over and over and over, um, in a different way all the time. And then the, the prayer and worship thing. So 
I don't know, that's some kind of a long way to say, but he has our best interest in mind. Yeah, that's great. And all the details kind of dive into that. I was thinking that all the details for me too are a way of showing that God wants things a certain way for a certain reason, and he's not going to let it get messed up. And so a lot of times, you know, people can say that the Bible, you know, is passed down all over, over all these years. How can you really trust what happened is, you know, what really happened. And so there's all these insanely detailed things on how to build this thing, how to have a right relationship with God, what specific people in the camp can even pack the thing up and how to pack it up. And you better use a blue cloth under that goat skin when you put that table up or something bad's (laughs) going to happen to you. Like it's so detailed. And, um, if you, the wrong person carries it, you know, it's, it's going to go bad for them and certain people can't even approach it or they will die. Like it's God is protecting the idea of this in, in such a cool way. And we have that because God wants us to know exactly who he is, exactly what it takes to have a relationship with him. And those details are so important in a sense, because he's not going to let that get messed up. He wants his story of redemption and coming after us to get through the ages. But some would say, or what would we say to, I mean, somebody that said it's kind of like extreme. You mentioned, you know, if somebody carries the wrong thing, they die. I mean, it's a very real thing in the Bible. I mean, um, you know, one guy was trying to protect the ark and touched it. Ark of the Covenant touched it and died, right? Some people would say that's kind of an extreme, you know, way for God to to be. So does it sound like a friendly, you know, God-loving God kind of thing? What do you think? Oh, Sarah, what do you think? Um, I think that you guys are awesome at what you do, and I'm glad I have you on the podcast to talk about that. Um, <laughs> can you rephrase the question? I mean, because you say, like, the well, idea of to, of the, an extreme in the sense of of what? So it sounds extreme. It, like to somebody who's not familiar with scripture, yeah. it just sounds extreme. Like it sounds like okay, well, only certain types of people can can do certain things, um, and if the wrong people do it, guess what? You know, still trying to do a good thing, you're going to pay this ultimate penalty of kind of a death. I, mean, I, I would say, yeah, it is extreme. I think that a life of faith is extreme in a, a totally different way and not in the idea of like it's extreme of like, and it's a bad thing. I think it's extreme and a good thing. I think that people don't see it as that so often. Hmm. Um, but I don't think that often, I mean, I can tell you my experience, but until you have an experience of your own, like that's a whole different, whole different conversation. Um, yeah. and, and, and there's so many things like, you know, if you go to, um, like you've been to, uh, Hogwarts, right? Yes. You guys are down there? <laughs> the universal. Okay. Yeah. I, I haven't been there well, you and you can tell me about your experience, but until I go, like, I know it's a very weird, um, uh, what's that word? Uh, example. <laughs> Struggling <laughs> with words right now. But like the idea of that, like it is extreme in the sense of seeing it in your mind, you see it. And I think that, um, I think I want people to have that experience. And so the idea is that you share how exciting it was for you and like, okay, well, I want to check that out. Why does he love that so much? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think it's extreme. And I think that sometimes some people are like, well, I don't have any, any, any idea about that. So I don't think I gave a good um, answer, but. Well, I don't know that there uh, is one that I can yeah. give per se. I was it, just kind of curious. It's tough. I mean, just the, the level perspective that God has on why he's doing what he's doing versus what we understand about what he's doing, sometimes you just can't bridge the gap very easily. And so I, you know, as a parent is the best example I'll ever have. It just, it's the only way I can understand this stuff is like sometimes my Eli this morning, 
He did not want to wear this Batman sweatshirt that he picked out, by the way. Wasn't going to happen. And he didn't understand, you know, like, hey, sometimes you just have to wear this sweatshirt. You just got to trust me in this. It's okay. It's not going to kill you to wear this sweatshirt. And God put down some rules that seem crazy to us, if I could say that, right? Or we don't really know how to make sense of the fact that only a specific group of people from a specific tribe um, out of the nation of Israel can pack up the tent and move it or else some people could die if they tried to do that job. And God's like, just trust me on it. Just do how I say. I've got my reasons. It, you won't die if you trust me. You know, like, no, it's true. I mean, I don't know. It feels kind. Of, it feels kind of like but a heavy, heavy question. Yeah, but, I know. You know, I mean, if there's somebody that's listening to this that's not familiar with yeah. uh, scripture, I mean, I think that would be a very valid question that they would have. I mean, I think it's yeah. a good point. No, it's a great point because it's not blind faith. They are just just a God. I remember Brett said one time in a message that you know God places boundaries around the things that that He values. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was a really good kind of, I was and, thinking about that. And you must place a high value on the tabernacle, obviously. Yeah. And if you just take one of those rules out of the Bible and just judge it by itself, you will not do it justice. If you realize the story that God had been telling up to that point of saving his people, of forgiving them over and over again, you know, he is more than a merciful and trustworthy God with those details that we might not understand. You know, we just... We want to look for the mean passages and use that to judge his complete character. So sometimes we do that. Okay. Wow. I was expecting that question. It's great though, Ryan. I think that's <laughs> important. I mean, because even when you asked me, it's like, I thought I would have a, uh, a way to respond and I think it's good. And sometimes we don't. I think sometimes yeah. that's the honest thing is even if, you know, you guys have the title of pastor or, mm-hmm. you know, you work at a church, sometimes I'm not really sure I need to think about that or process it or read more or talk to some other people who don't have the same opinion as I do, which is something that we um, hold a pretty high value here is we want to continue having conversations with um, every different type of worldview. Yep. Um, I think it's important for us to know that and that's something we're continuing to working on here at One Life and um, so if you have that thought or you have a thought of response of how you would respond to that email us at the podcast at onelifechurch.org um, and I would love to read it because sometimes I don't have the answer and mm-hmm. I'd like someone else to sometimes give some of those feedback so um, I guess as we kind of move through I mean obviously uh, the tabernacle um, an amazing way to kind of show this shadow of Jesus um, mm-hmm. Matt you're actually going to be teaching this coming Sunday and kind of give us a little bit of a preview, maybe what you're going to be talking on. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so when we came up with this series, um, this story just popped in my head and it just kind of kept living there. And I was like, well, I think I need to teach on it if there's an opportunity. And um, so Brett gave me the opportunity and I've been studying. Um, what's interesting is the the book of Numbers is this story of God's people in the wilderness and they're counting them for a few chapters and all these kind of organizational things with God's people. But then, uh, and Dan Sullivan talked about it a couple of weeks ago so well, um, set it up. There's just this journey that God is on with his people. It's, there's a lot of redemption. There's a lot of um, God's judgment. And, um, and so Jesus in John chapter three is having a conversation with Nicodemus and he randomly brings up, well, not randomly, we'll get into that on my sermon, um, a story from the book of Numbers chapter 21 where the people were complaining again and the, these serpents came and were biting them and they were dying and they cried out and Moses prays and God tells him to put, make a bronze serpent, put it on a pole and whoever looks at the, that serpent will live. And Jesus says, you know, like Moses put the serpent up on the pole, whoever looks on me, the son of God will 
have eternal life or have forgiveness and, and all of that. And he, he compares himself to that. So he's basically, Jesus himself is saying, that's a shadow of me. And so we're going to look at that, look at the wilderness story a little bit, try to relate it to our own lives and um, see what Jesus is getting to there. And there's just kind of some cool stuff. I love that. Sounds like a blast. Yeah, it does. Because, but like kind of taking on Ryan's previous question, that's a really weird story. <laughs> I mean, that's weird. Like if someone comes in, they're like, what you talking about? Like bronze serpent and like them yeah. pointing that to Jesus because we hear this idea of Jesus and we think of, you know, as we're in the Christmas season, you know, a baby in a manger. Um, you see a lot of those, like a lot of nativities. My mom has about 25 in her living room. She's a bit obsessed, um, which is okay. <laughs> That's her thing. And, and so when you say that, is that pointing to that, like, how do you, like, how do you connect that? Like, how are people, how do we help people connect those things? And I know obviously you're going to do that on Sunday. Um, but, and maybe it's another story, but like when you hear some of those really out there wild stories, like in our minds from the old Testament and those connect to Jesus, like how do you connect those with people? I think on principle, uh, is about the only way. So, you know, one of the things that I feel like Brett is gifted at doing is, is extracting like principles uh, from stories. And even if we go back to, um, you know, the whole David and Goliath piece, like I, I got what this pastor was saying. I understood what he was saying, but until he said, you know, what happened, if I'm David and Goliath is whatever sin I'm struggling with or whatever challenge I have facing at the moment. And, and I only have three stones to throw and that goes away. Then what? Right. But if, if, if Jesus is that he picked up three, only needed one. You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to miss. He, you know, kind of conquered it. So for me, um, you know, I think it's on, it's on principle, not assuming that one, the scripture is about me or my life. Um, and then two, filtering everything through the resurrected Jesus, as Matt was saying earlier, you know, filter, like you read these stories, we can't filter it through anything other than, you know, what Jesus claims were in the new Testament. And so I think that's that's the starting point. And then the other starting point is in or the other place to go is is getting other people's input. I mean, that's there's a lot of people that have been studying this stuff for a really long time. And there's tons and tons of content out there. Um, and so letting others even speak into that journey and trying to answer hard questions about it. Like Yeah. You know. <laughs> no doubt. There's a lot of um, commentaries out there too that talk about how the New Testament writers who were all Jews, who that was their scriptures. When they talk about the scriptures in the New Testament, they're primarily talking about the Old Testament. And so when they quote it, pay close attention. And so I just try to get better at doing that. Um, sometimes it doesn't make sense, which is weird, but they get to do that. And we can't just like pick and choose and make it mean things. Um, sometimes people do that with a little more license than I'm comfortable with. Um, but I like to first and foremost look at how the New Testament writers and how Jesus quoted the New Testament, or I'm sorry, the Old Testament, and learn from that and use that as my primary guide on how to read and study the Old Testament, I guess. I think that's a, a good question um, as we kind of draw kind of towards the close here. Um, well, first of all, Matt, from your message, is there anything you would tell people to read coming into this weekend, like in preparation? Yeah. Um, try to read some of numbers. Um get into it and, and try to work through it. And then John chapter three, I'm going to live in there a lot. I think it's one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. Um, 
in the whole story there, what Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus is just beautiful and fascinating. And so probably just a little bit of that. Okay. And then for you guys both, um, I know I've talked to you both about this and um, either on a video or maybe even on the podcast, but what's, what's a way that you have found helpful um, is getting into studying the Bible? Um, I think a lot of it is what Matt said, and I like to pay attention to what Jesus said about things that helps. Um, but two <clears throat> is getting outside input, like reading through it. And I always try to prayerfully consider scripture. Like I'll, I'll take a little bit of time on the complicated things. Um, and then, you know, after I read through it a few times, cause I don't, I'm not trained in, you know, the original languages and things like that. And so, um, you know, some of that we rely on, you know, kind of the Holy Spirit one, but we also rely on what the Holy Spirit's doing through people. Um, so I read lots of books um, with them, commentaries. Matt's brought up several. Um, that me and Matt talk all the time about this stuff, just kind of bouncing things off one another. So I try to get more people involved in the journey um, and not just lay down and think I'm the, kind of the smartest person mm. in my world. Yeah, most times that I preach a lot of my content or thoughts I'm having I've run through Ryan Sarah Zach Brett you know um, Natalie I try to get a lot of feedback uh, my wife is like one of my best she actually tells me whether my jokes are going to be halfway <laughs> decent or not she's very good at that keeping me from looking too dumb do you have any jokes that you haven't used that she said don't do that yeah but I, I probably can't think of them off the top <laughs> but um but no uh one Thanks. thing that I would say is great with the commentaries that I've tried to learn and get better at this. I used to, and still sometimes will rely on them too much. I'll yeah. read a little bit of scripture and then I'll read for commentary for like 15 minutes and I'll forget <laughs> that I was supposed to be reading the Bible instead of someone's idea about what the Bible is saying. Um, but one thing that's invaluable is the first, you know, couple pages that tell you when, where, how, and why of this book of the Bible, who wrote it, when they wrote it, what was happening culturally. And then I would say, try to spend as much time just living in that scripture before going to the other stuff, um, if possible. It's just so tempting to just try to get answers right away on hard passages. But like Ryan said, just spend some time on that hard stuff and just sit in it for a while, pray about it, um, would just be my recommendation too. Cool. Uh, okay, well, I guess we're kind of closing up here. I'm trying to think. Um, I had a question I was going to ask you guys. Um, it came from someone named Gary. Um, and I'm just going to tell you guys that was an alter ego of someone who works here. Uh, Can't imagine who. Yeah, Thomas Bernardin. And Thomas asked oh, a pretty man. funny question. Um, but I'm going to save that for Brett. I think yeah. Brett, I'm going to just throw that out to Brett sometime. Um, but I do want to ask you guys a question. It just kind of came to me. Who is someone um, who's been influential kind of in your life as you think about in regards to ministry? Like, is there someone that kind of really helped you um, you know, as you both have taught um, from our platform at One Life, um, lead campuses, um, creatively art, you know, direct um, art, um, lead worship, like anyone that kind of comes to mind. It doesn't have to be the person, but just anyone that you can kind of think about. Well, I think there's different, there's different kind of, so like for the preaching thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I know Brett and even our, our Matt, Brett, I mean, I've been very, very good with um, just giving me ideas and, and helping with cr critique and, and helping me navigate some of the thoughts. Mm -hmm. But there's also those pre pastors out there that I've listened to for years and years and years. You know, uh, Matt Chandler's one of them. Yeah, he's just a guy that I just <clears throat> deeply connected with in my journey that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. 
Um, you know, the, but then you've got like the Mark Weavers of the world who are more mm-hmm. kind of your personal advice in life. And then I've got, you know, the, so I feel like there's like a community of people. I mean, my oldest sister, Heather, has played a, a pretty vital role in my walk with the Lord uh, and ministry even. Um, and, uh, you know, I think about Brad Rhodes, you know, from Grace Marriage, who's, who's been pretty instrumental in recent years. So there's really a, a, a lot of people that come to mind um, that have, that God has put in my life. It's super encouraging to say them all out loud, actually. Yeah. Um, now that cool. we're talking about it. So I'm just gonna give a shout out to one person right now, Austin Maxheimer. Oh, him too, yeah. Austin. Yeah. Austin definitely has pushed me a lot and is just gracious but very knowledgeable. And so he's one of the best people to run stuff by, but who also has pushed me in a lot of ways in understanding and better getting better at understanding the Bible and, and what we do in the church. But then right on Austin's level, almost like Charles Spurgeon. <laughs> Um, his preaching, his life, his example, um, uh, I've enjoyed reading about his life and, and studying through some of his sermons on different topics that I've taught on in the past and just kind of seeing how he did it, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome guys. Um, I guess if I was saying one, uh, easily Austin's always up there for me because I feel like I've learned how to learn um, things sometimes from Austin. He's really good mm-hmm. at teaching that. And then um, I love trying to teach that either to students or even to other adults. And so I've really appreciated that. Even his last book has been so good um, at that. And then, I mean, honestly, I'm not saying this because you guys are sitting here, but I mean, we all have conversations so often where we're just sitting around. I'm like, what do you guys think about this? Or I was reading this or I was reading that. Um, and I think people think that happens a lot um, in uh, if you work for a church and it does, but at the same time, there's a lot of other stuff we're doing too. So I mean, we do have those conversations, which is really great. Um, so I've learned a lot from you guys. And then, um, in general, thinking about like my role in ministry, um, our executive director, Natalie has been super helpful for me in a lot of ways, like just processing things of like how to think about stuff or how to not let stuff really get to you or how to, um, kind of just, I don't know, see, what's the best way to move uh, forward with a plan. And so there's so many people, again, as, as you were saying, like it's, it's fun to think about that, honestly, like the people that have really impacted either your work or your ministry life. So yeah, but yeah. you guys are if, in If there. I ever have to have like a tough conversation, Natalie is one of my first people I like to go to sometimes to just bounce that off of her. She's just really good at kind of problem solving through how to have crucial conversations. She's yeah. really good at that. Yeah, agreed. And of course, Brett. I mean, yeah, don't forget about Brett. He's Love around Brett. here too. I'm glad Brett's on vacation. <laughs> hey, just let it be noted that I'm the only one that named <laughs> our lead pastor. Just don't. We let couldn't all three do yeah. it. Fishing for a gold star. Well, I guess, you're right? sitting in a seat, so. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Well, it's been blast as always, and uh, we cannot wait to hear from Matt this Sunday. Um, again, you guys can read Numbers, John chapter three. Um, get a little um, insight before we go into talking about. Um, yeah, what Matt's going to be talking about. What, what's it called again? What's the, what would you say? Bronze snake? Bronze serpent. Bronze serpent. On a pole. Sorry. Bronze serpent on a pole. It's going to be. Numbers um, 21, right? Yeah. Numbers 21. Cool. Thank you guys. Um, again, and again, reminder, you can go back and listen to Brett's message on the tabernacle. I highly recommend you do that. Um, it's a great way to see another one of these shadows as we're going through this series. Um, and as always, we'll see you guys next week. See ya. You can say bye, Ryan. Hey, bye, everybody. Thanks. I think we should do it again. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the One Life Church Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Inman. The One Life Church Podcast is produced by me and Thomas Bernardin. Music by Ben Brock 
and Micah Robertson. To find out more about One Life Church, you can visit onelifechurch.org. Or to contact us directly at the podcast, just email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org.